It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, we are America's number one daily podcast network. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday edition of the show. Hopefully, you guys, this week is off to a rolling start. A lot to get to on today's podcast as normal. Talking some BYU women's basketball. We found out where they're going to be seated yesterday, despite a, some hiccups from ESPN. We'll talk about this here in the first segment. You also hear some comments from BYU head coach Jeff Judkins about the selection of BYU into the tournament and what he makes of their first-round opponent, etc. So we'll get to that here in this first segment. Second segment of this show, I want to talk a little bit about BYU football. Some guys that I haven't really, I guess, overlooked or maybe not mentioned when I've done these camp report updates. Some guys I've had in my notes that I've noticed, okay, maybe I need to talk about them a little bit. So maybe like we'll call it the midway standouts from spring ball for BYU. We'll talk about that in the second segment of the show. And in the final segment of the show, of course, we'll catch up on everything else we haven't touched on with all the other BYU sports teams. BYU baseball in action tonight facing off against UVU in the Crosstown Clash. We'll break all of that down for you in the final segment. Today's podcast brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. Got a great offer for March Madness. We'll tell you about that here in a moment, but let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for March 19th, 2019. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your BYU insider and host here on Locked on Cougars. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Pleasure to bring this podcast to you guys each and every day. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Tuesday whenever you hear this. A lot to get to on today's podcast. We're going to start off and we're going to talk some women's basketball. We talked about yesterday kind of the diverging trends of men's basketball versus women's basketball with BYU. An upperclassman-laden BYU men's basketball team failing to make the postseason for the first time since 2005. Meanwhile, the women's basketball team exceeding every expectation laid upon them in the preseason and now have made the NCAA Women's Tournament. Um, a little bit of a kerfuffle or a, a faux pas when it came to ESPN yesterday, accidentally releasing the bracket early, having to move up the selection show a full two hours to kind of cover for it. They issued the apology, etc. But if you were on social media, saw it. BYU earns the number seven seed. They'll be headed to power. Palo Alto, California for the Stanford Regional, taking on 10-seed Auburn out of the Southeastern Conference. And I think that's a good showing for BYU. Uh, They took down Gonzaga three times in West Coast Conference play. Gonzaga earned a five-seed themselves. But BYU doesn't have to travel super far. They get to go to the West Coast, which is better than, better than having to go to the Midwest like we were projected to see yesterday. And I think it's a good matchup for BYU. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. Charlie Cream, who we mentioned yesterday, kind of the top bracketologist when it comes to women's basketball in the NCAA realm, actually picked BYU on ESPNW.com as his potential Cinderella. Uh, BYU would be scheduled to face off against number two seed Stanford if Stanford does 
does advance a pass number 15 seed UC Davis. So you've got two local teams that BYU could potentially face in the second round. They're most likely going to face the host Cardinal in the second round on Monday. Uh, game one against Auburn will be Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So I know a lot of you might be thinking about going to the BYU spring game on Saturday out there at Old Provo High School. They're currently transforming. The field actually looks pretty cool that they're putting BYU down on the new BYU West campus. But if you're not going to be able to make it out to the BYU spring game, you can tune in to ESPN2 and watch the BYU women's basketball team hopefully make a run here in the NCAA tournament. I think it's a great reward for this program. We talked about it yesterday that this is cool to see because this is a young team, a lot of sophomores and freshmen that have been participating and contributing at an extremely high level for BYU and Jeff Judkins. And this kind of gets them going towards what could be an extended run in terms of the national relevance over the next couple of years. BYU is a seven seed. They're projected they should win their first round. You're a seven seed. You're playing a 10 seed. They expect you to win. Uh, the odds would say you probably lose to Stanford in the round of 32 there. But the good news is for BYU, like I said, this is a young team that should only get better with more time working together in practices over the offseason, etc. But this is a great showing for BYU. Now, I'll get out of the way and let the people who really matter talk about the selection. That would be head coach Jeff Judkins. He spoke to the media yesterday after their impromptu um, media gathering because of the the faux pas that ESPN had with the accidental reveal of the bracket. So here's Jeff Judkins after BYU found out they were officially a seven seed facing 10 seed Auburn and speaking about their whole like understanding of where they might land and then also facing off against Auburn. So here you go, BYU women's basketball coach, Jeff Judkins. Well, we got down to practice and uh, came up to the office and we were just kind of talking and saying, hey, what do you think? And we, we, we thought we'd be between 6 and 10 um, with our schedule and looking at all the other teams, and but we didn't know really where. Um, we know the Sunday play affects our seeding a little bit. Um, I think we'd have been a 6 and probably if it wasn't for that, but that's great. Um, and then we, we heard it. Dan came today. I think I got it's got leaked out, and then he showed me, and I'm going, wow, that's pretty nice. Um, get to go to California and get to play Auburn. It's a good team. If we win that game, maybe play Stanford or somebody else. But, uh, you know, it's uh, matchups are a big part of it. There's no question. And I haven't seen Auburn, but I know they're really athletic. They're in a great league. Um, last time we were seventh, we played Missouri. It was in the same league, so they're very physical. So it'll, it'll, it'll be a big challenge for us. A sixth-place team in the SEC, but a very deep league, obviously. You hit on a little bit. What kind of characterizes SEC teams at the top in general? Well, they're they're really athletic. Um, you know, we played Georgia last year, and you know they're they're just at every position. They're just more athletic than everybody else, um, and they're very physical. Um, and I know we played Missouri. It was a big part of our game. We got pushed around. So I promise you, this week we'll be discussing that and saying, "Be ready for this. It's going to be a real physical game." And I think the other part. Part of it is to our advantage is they have to travel a little farther than us and so um, hopefully we can take advantage of that and be able to to but this team is 
they're not afraid. We've played TCU, we played Cal, we played Utah, you know, we played Gonzaga, uh, we practiced with another really good team. So the, I don't think they're afraid of their opponent. We just got to go out and play our game. They're going to trap us a lot. I saw a little bit of that, and so we're going to have to handle that. But um, I think we're excited for it. Beyond the travel, are there, are there other things you hope are to your advantage this weekend? Hopefully we get some BYU fans. I think there's a lot of uh, BYU alumni in San Francisco, and hopefully Steve Young will show up. And, uh, but, no, but if we get, I think, some good fans, like, like we did a few years ago when we went to L.A., we had a really good turnout. I think if we can do that, yeah, we can hopefully have the same results. Is that almost something that you'll you'll take? I don't want to say you'll take like a lower seed in some ways, but is location maybe as important as seeding? I think location, location, where you play, um, the team you're playing, Obviously. the style of team you're playing, um, all those things come into factor. And um, I think our advantage, we're closer. Um, our disadvantage is we haven't really seen Auburn that much on TV or other things like that. Our advantage is we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, our disadvantage is if we win that, we'll have to probably play Stanford, and they're a very good team. Um, but for all, for everything, it's I think we got what we deserved. I think the seventh seed is, I think we earned it. Um, it's the highest seed we've had since I've been here. We've had a couple sevens, so and we've been very good on those sevens. So hopefully that that'll that'll happen for us. Uh, if you look at the other twos, uh, Oregon, Iowa, UConn, in addition to, to Stanford, is it kind of sixes there or, or, or the, the draw as a two seed? Uh, yes, I, I think I think you, the two seeds are as good as the one seeds, and it's in the men's too. You know, who, how can you justify its RPI and all that? Um, um, but I think any one of those two seeds, if we play our game, we, you know, we, we can beat them. Uh, I mean, UConn, we played them a few years ago. They were by far the number one team, and we stuck with them for a while. So um, we just have to worry about Auburn. They're a very good team. We slipped up against Missouri. we got to be ready to go and start the game in the right fashion and not get down and be able to come out and play BYU basketball. How much do you lean on Jazz being your one player with NCAA tournament experience? She's going to have to really come in and show the physicality and the toughness and really make sure that the girls – there's a lot of – it's not distractions, but there's a lot of things that go on that they're not used to. The girls don't get a lot of media during the season, and so now it becomes all that. How do you balance that? And Jasmine has seen it and kind of seen how they – with the practices and all that. I told my girls today, um, this is what you need to expect, and I think they'll be ready for it. It seems like every time she's come in for you, she's sort of been in and out of the starting lineup a little bit, and her injury struggles are, are well documented in years past. But every time she has come in for you, she's giving you guys a nice boost. Do you expect even more of a boost yeah. now with her? Yeah, with because Jazz was, Jazz was very physical. This is where having size makes a difference. In our league, it, you know, it's it's not the size. People spread out. It's more dry. Sure. When you get in the NCAA tournament, you don't know who you're going to match up with. That's why having depth in inside, outside, and I think that's what we have. And I, that'll help us because if we go against, if Auburn's really quick, I can go with a smaller lineup and hopefully handle their pressure. And we go against, let's say, somebody else like Stanford or something, and they're big, we, we've got the size to really be able to do that. And that's what I think this team's got, you know, has its advantages on. 
you've played a game on that floor, right? If you played Stanford back in 06. That's correct. You beat them, and it was on their home floor, right? So you've been on that floor and won correct. a game there. Correct. It's a great atmosphere. Um, what a beautiful campus. And so, yeah, we've been we've been lucky there. So hopefully it'll still go that way for us. Really quick, because we haven't spoken with you guys in six days. What has this last week been like? Have you given the girls a couple days off? And do you, there's always that fine line this time of year between being rusty and being rested. So do you feel it, like it's, it's, it's a very fine line. And um, as a coach, I've, luckily I've been through this a little bit, and I've been able to try to see what works the best. <laughs> kind of what we did, we came back Wednesday, and the girls got into school, and we didn't practice. And then Thursday, we had a meeting and just talked about kind of – you know what we need to do and what we need to focus on and then friday we practice pretty hard and saturday and sunday i gave them off just to rest their bodies some of them came in and shot some of them and then today we had today we started our regular practices and and we're just going to prepare for a game on on saturday the hard part is not playing so long in the game situation i don't know if i'll try to do some scrimmaging on wednesday like i did last time it seemed to work so maybe I will do that. But um, some of my players needed the rest. Paisley, sure. Brenna, and Shaley have put in a lot of minutes. Um, Girls so, will play 40 minutes a yeah, night. Yeah. yeah, so for them, this was kind of good to get, to get some rest. You're back in the dance for the first time in three years. What do you hope your team shows the nation on Saturday afternoon? Well, we did a couple of years ago where we came in and nobody thought we'd win. And just play as a team, play our basketball, represent our conference, but also our our university and be able to make people proud that BYU has, has got there. And, and then last but not least, I have my girls go out and have some fun. You know, fun's winning. So yeah, it's not to go and do all this other stuff. It's to win because um, that's what makes things exciting. And hopefully they'll be able to do that. There you go, BYU basketball coach Jeff Judkins. And you can tell he's excited for his team. He wants to see them perform well, obviously. It'd be good to see BYU win at least that first round game and maybe spring an upset and really make Charlie Cream look like a genius for picking BYU's potential Cinderella. We'll see how it all shakes out, but it's an exciting time for the BYU women's basketball program. The men's basketball program got all kinds of issues. We talked about that yesterday as well. I think something's broken there. I don't know what it is. I don't know how you can fix it, but something's got to change. Something's got to give, and we'll see what happens this offseason. We'll delve into that more as the offseason progresses with more news coming out, etc. Going to see if we can get some coaches on for interviews, etc. So we'll, we'll be tracking all that for you, but congratulations to Jeff Judkins and his team. Well-deserved honor for them to make the West Coast Conference Tournament Championships, win the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship, and now get that seven seed in the NCAA women's tournament and facing off against Auburn Saturday 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN2. All right, we'll come back on the other side. Need to talk some BYU football. It'll be day nine of BYU football practice today. Media availability today for the first time this week. We'll be out there in Provo watching for about 30 minutes of media observation before doing interviews. But I did want to talk about, we're just past the halfway point. I wanted to talk about some standout guys that I've been really impressed with in spring ball. Um, Some of them are guys I expect to contribute in the fall. Other ones are that quote unquote spring all-star. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Before 
before we do that, though, I do want to mention to you that today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings.com. Did you know you can fill out a tourney bracket at DraftKings this year? That's right. They're bringing it for the first time to DraftKings.com and their app. They have a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs for our listeners. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tourney. Might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. You know how the brackets work. Before tip-off, the first game of the tournament, just pick the winner of every game, every round. That's all there is to it. And the best part is you can play for free on DraftKings with the code LOCKEDONNCAA. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm picking Duke to win it all. I'm probably taking the easy way out, but I really do like teams like Michigan State. I think Gonzaga has been severely underrated. I think that blowout loss in the West Coast Conference Tournament Finals is actually going to motivate them. So I'm interested to see how it all shakes out, but I'm kind of going chalk. I'm not going to lie for my final four, but I want you guys to give this a shot. You can win thousands of dollars by going to the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now. All you got to use that. All you got to do is use that code Locked On NCAA to enter the bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of sixty-four thousand dollars. That's code Locked On NCAA to enter the bracket battle challenge for free only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys, when you get in your vehicle, first thing I want you guys to do is to plug in your smartphone or just use the smart feature in your vehicle and tell it, play podcast Locked On Cougars. You'll always be up to date on the latest with BYU news. I want you guys to check it out. I do this podcast each and every day, and it's an honor to bring it to you guys, and hopefully you guys find it of worth to you. So all you got to do when you're driving around, running errands, dropping the kids off at soccer or basketball practice, or even making your commute to or from work, tell your smart assistant, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll always be in the know when it comes to BYU news each and every day. Now, I mentioned before the break, wanted to talk about some uh, standouts that I've noticed in spring ball from BYU football. Granted, I haven't seen every practice. I haven't seen the entirety of every practice. But these are guys in about the half hour or so that the media is allowed to watch two or three times a week at BYU that I've been impressed with. So I'm going to run down some names for you. And like I said, I've said previously on this podcast, some of these names are guys you'll never hear of again. There are other guys that will be significant contributors in fall camp. Uh, Spring's just a tough time to really gauge, but I've been impressed with a few guys here. So I'm going to start off by talking about a guy in D'Angelo Mandel. Six foot one, 178 pound defensive back, sophomore out of Del Norte High School in San Diego, California. There was some talk in the offseason about Diane Gonwoloku moving back over to cornerback potentially for BYU. Well, D'Angelo Mandel and the other young cornerbacks performance in spring ball so far has seen Diane Gonwoloku, actually they're keeping him 
at safety, which I think is the better position for him long term. I think he's a ball hawk. He's a great guy reading the field, playing that center field position as a safety, and he can just go make plays. And if these young cornerbacks for BYU really can stand out, I think it's a good sign for BYU. Another guy on the defensive side of the ball that I've been extremely impressed with during the limited time I have seen is Uriah Leatawa. Of course, he was a high-profile prospect coming out of Compton, California. Had that highly publicized recruiting battle with Stanford. Uh, Richard Sherman, now the San Francisco 49ers cornerback, was publicly recruiting him to go to Stanford, but ultimately decided to sign with BYU and he came back from a mission he's dealt with some back issues through his first few years at BYU we've seen him play in spurts and he's impressed in his limited time that he's had on the field I've thought but this spring ball I think we're finally seeing what all the hype was about with Uriah Leatawa. Since the pads have come on, he's been extremely impressive. Um, guys like JJ and Wigway have been impressive as well on the defensive end part, but Uriah Leatawa brings more of a true pass rusher finesse, pass rusher using kind of different moves to get past offensive tackles. His ability to bend and manipulate his body to get around offensive tackles has been impressive. I've really liked what Uriah Leatawa can do. Um, a lot of talk, we talked about it on this podcast, a lot of people talking about what's BYU going to do to improve their pass rush. Well, if Uriah Leatawa is healthy, he's kind of the prototypical guy you want. 6'4", 270 pounds roughly. I really like what his potential could be to lead BYU. We'll see if it, if it pays off. I think another guy like Longi Tuifua, playing a little more linebacker now, could really be a guy that could make an impression. I haven't been necessarily as impressed with Longi because he hasn't really, I guess, flashed to me when I've been watching BYU practice, but I really like what Uriah Leatawa has brought to BYU, and here's hoping that he continues to do that because if he can do that, it's going to be very, very helpful for BYU's defensive line, especially replacing a guy like Corbin Kafusi and also Sione Takitaki. Um, other guys that have stood out to me so far through a spring ball, I've got to give some credit to the three quarterbacks participating in spring ball, Jaron Hall, Joe Critchlow, and Baylor Romney. Uh, Jaron Hall's Kalani Sitake is noted as the leader of that group in spring ball, and for good reason. I've talked about it. I think he is far and away the best quarterback, but what Joe Critchlow and Baylor Romney have shown in spring ball has been impressive. I, would, I thought by now about halfway through entering kind of the final uh, final few practices of spring ball that one guy would have really separated himself and I still feel like Jaron Hall has separated himself but as you heard Aaron Roderick say on last Friday's podcast and if you didn't hear it you can go back and listen to it he said that Baylor Romney in particular makes one or two plays every practice that keeps him firmly in the mix I think Joe Critchlow is similar just to his ability to be steady and make plays the good news is for BYU, it looks like the quarterback position is very deep for BYU. You never want to see injuries at that position. You're hoping that Zach Wilson comes back healthy. He stays healthy for the entire year for BYU. But the good news is, if anything does happen, it appears that BYU is quite deep as they get ready for the 2019 season. Um, final note for me in terms of guys who have stood out to me is Kavika Fanua. We've talked about him on the podcast previously. I'm still hoping to interview him at some point during spring ball, but he has dealt with all kinds of issues, had multiple surgeries after suffering a gruesome ankle slash lower leg injury in fall camp of 2017, if I recall correctly, and he has not been on the field since that time until this spring ball. Underwent multiple surgeries. I saw him in a cast last 
late last fall in November, and I thought, man, if this kid is ever able to get healthy, it'll be almost, I guess, a, a small miracle. But he's been back on the field. He looks a lot lighter on his feet. You can definitely tell he slimmed down some, but he has actually played very well at running back for BYU. I do wonder if A.J. Stewart and the BYU coaching staff, when they talked about the fact that they weren't necessarily super worried about the running back depth, if they knew what Kavika Fanua had coming for them. I don't know that necessarily that's the case, but what he has done in spring ball so far, and we'll see if it translates to fall camp and on into the season. He's pulled up lame a couple of times. They've kept him out of some different drills in spring ball. And the Kalani Satake said the goal is to get him to the season healthy. And that's a smart call considering all the injuries he has dealt with. But what he has shown in the media portion of practice we've seen, I've been extremely impressed with Kavika Fanua. So there you go. Just to run down to some of the guys that have stood out to me in spring ball so far. We'll be out there, like I said, later on this evening slash late afternoon about 30 minutes of media observation and interviews. If there are guys you do want to hear from, please let us know. Hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch or follow the show at Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let us know who you'd like to hear from and we'll do our best to acquiesce your request and make sure we speak with the players you want to hear from. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU football next. Well, not BYU football, every other BYU sport outside of BYU football. We'll catch up on all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. are Locked on Cougars. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast, your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, and insider information you can't find anywhere else. And as we close out this Tuesday edition of the show, I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really does help. I don't really know how I can adequately explain what those ratings and reviews do for this show in terms of the algorithms that our podcatchers use to kind of promote the show. So thanks in advance for doing that. Please continue to share the show on social media. Let your family and friends know about it that are BYU fans. Let them know this is a daily source of all things BYU news, so that way you're always in the know when it comes to BYU sports. All right, catch up on everything else going on in BYU athletics. Start off with BYU baseball. They have their Crosstown Clash return game. It'll be the final matchup between them and the UVU Wolverines. This will be at Brent Brown Ballpark in Orem at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Game will be broadcast on the WAC digital network online, so a stream if you want to watch the video of it, or or you can listen to it on BYU Radio. 
BYU previously beat UVU 5-1 in their home opener. I believe that was just over a week ago. Uh, BYU's pitching staff, and I saw this from the notes, Jer- Jordan Christiansen from BYU Sports Information does a great job, but he put this in his notes. He says the Cougar pitching staff ranks among the best in the nation, including current ranks of number 24 in whip at 1.19, number 25 in walks allowed per nine innings at 3.06, and number 26 in ERA at 3.06. That's truly impressive. I've talked about the fact that BYU's pitching staff has been awesome this year, and that shows how impressive it has been in the early goings this season. Additionally, BYU is also allowed, this comes from the release, BYU has allowed four or fewer runs in 14 of their 18 games this season, holding a 13-5 and record overall. They've won three of the four games that the Cougars have allowed five or more runs, and BYU's kept every game close, losing by margins of just one, four, two, and and two runs overall. So BYU's in every game they've played this year. They've lost the five. They went one and two against Gonzaga, but Gonzaga is the West Coast Conference uh, favorite, the preseason favorite in the West Coast Conference. But this pitching staff, if BYU gets this steady pitching throughout the rest of the season, I don't have a problem saying BYU is probably on pace to make the NCAA regional. Of course, there's still a long season to go. They've got all kinds of games coming up. West Coast Conference is one of the more um, balanced and steady leagues in terms of baseball because it's a warm weather conference for the most part. So a lot of guys playing in this conference are good players, have professional futures, etc. But it's awesome to see BYU's pitching staff being so dominant because Pitching, like I've said multiple times on this podcast, if you're a longtime listener, pitching in college is at a premium because most of the time, top pitching is already in the major leagues or the minor leagues. So if you can get good pitching, good steady pitching like BYU's gotten so far this year, you're setting yourself up for success. So best of luck to BYU baseball tonight against UVU before they get back to WCC action against Portland later this week. A couple of the notes for you guys is men's volleyball. Kind of funny this, they beat uh, both UCLA and Pepperdine over the week. Weekend. They moved up to number eight in the AVCA coaches poll. But the funny thing is, is Pepperdine, who was number six when they came to Provo and got beat by BYU three to one. Somehow they moved up two spots to number four. Don't ask me. It shows that coaches in almost every sport, football, volleyball, basketball, they're not paying attention to every team going on around the country. And yeah, most of the time it's the SID filling it out and they don't necessarily know either of the results. So the good news is BYU volleyball is rounding into form. They have that BYU Invitational this weekend against McKendree, uh, Hawaii, and one other team, oh, Princeton, coming into BYU to the Smithfield House this weekend for three games, three matches that BYU will be playing. So hopefully they can pick up some wins. Hawaii's ranked number two in the country, so that'd be a massive showdown Saturday night for BYU to make an impression there as they continue to move back up the national rankings. It's still going to be a tough slog for BYU to make the NCAA Final Four this year. We'll see how it all shakes out, but all you can do is win the games put in front of you, and it appears that BYU, this young volleyball team that was kind of devoid of its headliners coming into this season, is really rounding into form, so that's a great sign. All right, there you go. That's the podcast for today. Thanks again for joining me. A reminder for you when you get in your vehicle, use your smart assistant, tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and always be in the know when it comes to BYU sports. Thanks again for your continued support of the show. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday edition of the show, a hump day edition, BYU football interviews and the like. A lot to get to as we always do on this podcast. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch. Have a great day. This has been Locked on Cougars for March 19th, 2019.
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.